1: Welcome into another edition of the podcast. It's Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott and myself, Mark Killian, here to talk with you this week about our topic, which is bonds, how they work, what retirees (laughs) need to know, because Charles, um, you know, with all the market volatility and stuff, it's not just the stock market that's having a roller coaster, the bond market as well
0: it's a misunderstood marketplace i think by most people yeah um and it's and i will tell you the people that trade bonds that are bond people live in a different world and think a different way than yeah. those of us that are more from the stock side uh, of the world. I wonder if they uh, I
1: wonder if they introduce themselves like I'm Bond. Bond people. I don't yeah, it's John Bond. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad joke, yeah. but that's okay. No
0: uh, and I it's just, also well, I wanna if that's the case, I wanna know yeah. what kind of a martini they drink. Well so. this
1: is true. That's, is it shaken yeah. or stirred? Right now yeah. it's probably shaken because the yeah. bond market and it, you know, how you like that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but you know what it's also much bigger than people realize, right? Oh yeah, it's huge. I uh, like it's, what it's, double it's, the stock
0: market or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, it's way, way, way bigger than a stock market valuation. It's 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 ginormous, giga- <laughs> it, Yeah, it's giant. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly the word I was coming up with. I was okay. having trouble getting there.
1: There you go. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a few of these things that folks need okay. to know. Okay. Uh, first yeah. of all, because we see so much, you know, misunderstanding about them, can you give us a, a quick rundown of just how bonds work a little bit?
0: Of course. It's they they are pretty simple. They are a debt instrument you give the bond issuer your money they pay you an interest rate and then they give you the bond your value back for the bond at maturity so if you bought a 10 at a 10 year bond you you gave a thousand dollars they're going to pay you interest on that thousand dollars that it's guaranteed for the life of the the bond but in 10 years it matures and you get your thousand dollars back plus you had the interest along the way
1: okay all right so Uh, i mean
0: it's it's just the simplest it's an iou
1: Right. All right. So, and then let's talk about the difference between a bond fund and an individual bond, because I think that's where the next step of confusion definitely falls into play.
0: Oh, and this is where people really, really, really do get confused. And it's wildly different. Okay. I mean, when you have a bond fund, and I'm not going to talk about all the variations of bond funds, et cetera, but when you have a bond fund, you never have a maturity because the bond fund owns all kinds of bonds in there. So there is no there is no maturity date. They never mature. The bonds inside the fund do, but the fund itself doesn't. It goes on forever theoretically. You can get more diversification that way, mm-hmm. but you also have never have a maturity date. So this is going to come up later on in in this the segment of this, but I'm going to explain it right now because the bond price and the interest rate are different. The only example I know that makes any kind different of difference at all is. Different, it well you've got the price what's what what did I pay for the bond but what's the interest rate that it's paying so you have to picture in your head a teeter- totter
1: okay right yeah
0: the okay on one end is the value the price of the bond on the other end is the interest rate so now if you think watch this close your eyes and listen and watch if the interest rates go down on one end of the teeter-totter the other end goes up so the value goes up but if interest rates go up the value of the bond goes down yeah so there are always moving. They're always moving up and down. And the difference inside this fund is that you have a whole slug of these that are doing this, but none I mean, none of them from your point of view ever mature. They do from the bond manager's point of view, but you're always, you're always fluctuating with interest rates. The value of your bond fund is always fluctuating with our interest rates going up or down. And there's since you don't, so you don't see a maturity. So you don't, You can't you can't adjust accordingly.
1: Right, right. So with the rates going up like they've been doing, uh, with the Fed trying to curb the inflation deal and so on and so forth, that is causing the some of the problems that we're seeing in the bond market.
0: Yeah, the principal values are going down. The bond traders know this stuff. I mean, they live in they they like I said before, they're a different animal. But yeah, that's what's you see. If your price of your bond fund's going down, then that's what's going on.
1: Yeah, and so if you bought a bond fund, you know, at, when it was three percent or two percent or something like that, and the rates are going up, right? It's it's going to be harder for you to sell that now. Correct? Well, no, it's not
0: harder to sell it, um, but you're gonna get, you're gonna get less for it.
1: Gonna get less for it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. all right.
0: But here's here's the key here's the key to looking at a bond fund. It's the effective duration, and it's a number. And you, but you need to go hunting through their, the data on the, on the fund, but it's always there. They publish these. It's the, it's a number and it's in, it's, it's in years. So it might be the duration could be 4.3 years. That means that the collective maturity of all of the funds. I mean, all of the bonds inside this fund have a, what did I just say? Mm 4.3? Okay. They have an effective, they act like they're a 4.3 year bond. So they're going to go again, that's going to go up and down. That's kind of the percentage that's going to fluctuate for a 1% rise in interest or lowering of interest rates. Gotcha. Okay. The effective duration. It's the only way that you can sort of compare funds. It's the is duration. to say, what's your, what's your, yeah, what's your effective duration? Because that's how much is going to fluctuate based on interest rate change.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So there's definitely a lot more to the animal than we kind of, first, it's very simple yeah. as you first kind of laid out understanding how they work. But like everything, it seems we've made it, we've made it more complicated as you kind of get further into the weeds on that. So yeah
0: um, yeah and and people just don't don't understand it, and true. Um, yeah, they're different.
1: well, speaking of not understanding, how often do you see people who don't even realize they're invested in bonds? Uh, I mean probably people who just aren't paying much attention, but I would imagine yeah. since you have if you've got like a target date fund or some kind of thing like that, you might you're, I mean the idea is you probably have some in there and you For should sure. know that, but maybe people don't
0: Any kind of diversified fund it's going to own stocks and bonds. It's going to own US stocks, small stocks, big stocks and they're going to own bonds. If you know, and target date funds have bonds. Right. Usually usually the long the, the theory there is if it's a target true target date fund, the further out you go from now, the less bond percentage you're going to have in your overall portfolio. The closer you get, the more they move into bonds. So the the percentage goes up. If you have right. had a a, a 2030 target date fund, You're going to own more bonds in that than you would in a 2050 target date fund.
1: And right now, with Uh, everything being so squirrely, is that a good thing? You know, because like target date funds, I mean, I hear a lot of advisors, they're not fans of them to begin with, usually because of fees. But right right. now, it seems as though that that doesn't seem all that appealing either.
0: The challenge is, and again, this is where any kind of a fund takes on a totally different risk parameter Mm -hmm. than if you own an An individual individual bond. Yeah. You know exactly how much you're going to get back, exactly when. And you're gonna know what interest you're gonna get paid along the way. Now, there's variations of that. So that's not the absolute one and only rule because there never is any such thing. Yeah. But that's the way it works. If you own a bond, that's where bond funds become. People think it's the same as a bond. Well, it's not. Yeah. Okay. You know, it owns bonds, but yeah. it's a whole different animal.
1: Well, all right. So the traditional tried and true thing, Charles, is like we just kind of sort of touched on that a little bit, is that you know, typically you move to bonds as you get older for safety. Uh, right. is that still the is that still the theory? Is that still the right way to kind of look at it?
0: Conceptually, yes, except when you go into a funky interest rate environment like we're in. <laughs> you have to I mean, no. No. Is, is there always an exception to the rule? If there's not, it's a crappy rule. Yeah, yeah. Uh well, no, there's only one rule, the golden rule. Be nice to people. Treat people like you'd like to be treated other true. than that. Other, you know, but the, in the bond world, that doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh so um, in theory, I guess yes, but we're in I mean, we are in a pretty weird section right now of time anyway, when it comes to all yeah. this stuff. So I think a yeah. lot of the actual standard rules are kind of slightly tossed out the window.
0: Yeah. And you just have to, to be aware of it. If you know what's going on and you could, uh, and you're either willing to write it through, or you're willing to, you know, make adjustments along the way, then, then. but you did again, what's that? Uh, that's not uh, unlike anything else you own. Okay. Okay.
1: So, so but, again, but, uh, In this market, in this time period, certainly worth having a conversation with your advisor about. Hey, how am I invested? What am I in? You know, what are things doing for me? Because again, we're in a in a pretty interesting time period.
0: Yeah, and if you want to really trick them, call them up and ask them what the effective duration of the bond fund that you're in. They'll
1: be like, "How do you know that term?" (laughs) (laughs)
0: Because I listened to Charles.
1: That's right. Why are you asking me? Bingo. Well, well, speaking of listening to Charles, let's take an email question here, and then I want to talk a little bit about some online workshops you've got coming up. Yeah. Uh, we got Kevin in Scottsdale who says, My company matches my 401k contributions, Charles, but they do it in the form of company stock. I'm not all that excited about owning a lot more company stock, uh, but I also don't want to miss out on any matching funds. So, should I try to put in as much as I can in this? What's the thought?
0: Well, I think that absolutely you want to try to, you want to be sure always that you at least get the match, uh, the percentage that they're matching. If they match, I mean, if you can afford to put in more than the match, then keep putting in more than the match. I mean, that's, but always, try to be sure that you at least get the match because it's free money, the match is. Now, if it's in in company stock, but you don't want to own more than you might already have, then just sell it inside your 401k. Tell them to sell it. Mm. They're not going to give you stock if they don't have a brokerage account set up inside the 401k plan. So just tell them to sell the stock. They'll match you, then sell it. Unless there's a holding period but then that shouldn't be the case if you're doing it in a 401k plan. If it's advert comp plan and some of the other retirement kind of plans for people, that's a different deal. But in this context, it should be easily instantaneously liquid, basically, after you get it. So you could sell it if you don't want
1: to okay.
0: have it. All right. So it's the key there is you know, make sure you get the match. If, if yeah, they're matching, get, then yeah. even if yeah, and then then just liquidate the thing.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think that he's thinking in that direction. I also think he's feeling like, uh, and many people will say this is a good idea too, is that, hey, I don't want to have all my income and things tied oh. to just one thing, right? So his paycheck's exactly. coming from there. You know, he doesn't yeah. want all of his portfolio to be overly weighted in just company stock in the event that, you know, something bad happened to the company. So And
0: we have a, we have a handful of clients that we have this conversation once or twice a year. Because yeah. they're granting stock options and all these other sure. things. And, okay, yeah, yeah. So what do we want to do with it? Where are we? How much How much overloaded are you with the company stock? And it, some of that depends on how the company stock is doing. Okay. Um, so it's never a set it and forget it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, Kevin, there's a couple of options to think about. Obviously, before you take any action, check with your uh, financial professional. If you're not working with one and you want some more information on how to do some of the things that Charles just suggested to you, then definitely give them a call. Let them know, 480-513-1830 is the number to call or stop by the website, pelotoncapital.com. That's pelotoncapital.com, which you already did because you sent an email question in, but uh, to book some time or whatever the case is. And for other folks, if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, uh, talk with Charles and Sherry, whatever the case is, find all that information at pelotoncapital.com. That is Pelotoncapital.com. And and maybe even to uh talk about, I gave the number out, we'll give it out in a second, but talk about one of these online workshops you've got coming up. Yeah. Uh tell me about these. You got some in October and November, I believe.
0: We do. We've got them already scheduled out. We're going to do them you know, some people would call them a, le- a webinar. I've just got to call it a live online workshop. Sounds, live. I like it. it and sounds if you good. if you tuned into the second one last month, I googled up the start pretty good. So oh uh, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Uh But you know, there's a ton of information. In October this month, we're going to do them on Tuesday and Thursday, October 18 and 20. They're always at 6:30. In in November, if you're making notes, it's November 15th and 17th, again on Thursday. The one in October, the one this month, the two this month. uh, It's there. We have a special guest. It's it's Kevin Jameson. Kevin is the uh, founder and president of the Dementia Society of America. And Kevin has kindly recorded for us about a 35 minute video of seven critical steps you need to take when you're facing dementia. Mm, and it's, okay. it's a, it's fascinating stuff. I mean, I'm going to cover the financial component. Kevin is going to talk about the care side of things Okay, and he's going to share his personal story about his wife and all and what he went through, which led him to upon her passing led him to start the dementia society of America. Wow! So it's, it's a very compelling story and uh, you, you definitely want to, Stay tuned for the whole thing. That will take this webinar, this workshop, out to about an hour and 15 minutes. So it's a little longer than usual. It's worth it, believe me. Okay. So.
1: And so to register, just call the number I gave out earlier, 480-513-1830. That's 480-513-1830. That's October the 18th and October the 20th. Uh, at six thirty we'll be dropping this podcast this week, which is the first week of October, so you got a couple of weeks uh, but go ahead and get registered as soon as possible and that's the seven critical steps to take when facing dementia with special guest Kevin Jameson, uh of the uh Dementia Society of America. Very cool, Charles
0: in November again on the fifteenth and seventeenth, we will not have Kevin as part of it, so i 'll just be talking about. You know, basically how to not grow
1: broke in a nursing home. Okay. So it's still going to be around that center kind of conversation, but more yep. on the financial as well. Yep. All right. And again, that's going to be in November. And we'll talk about that probably on our next podcast or even also right. in the early November podcast as well. That's going to do it this week for the show. Thanks for hanging out with us as always. Don't forget to subscribe, reach out to Charles, whatever you need to do. Uh, again, all that information can be found by calling 480-513-1830 or stop by the website pelotoncapital.com. That's Peloton Capital.com. For Charles Scott, I'm Mark Killian. We'll see you next time here on Financial Choices Matter.